Up next on NHL Fantasy on Ice, what's Carter Hart's short-term fantasy value? Dan Rosen joins the show to give his top sell-high candidates. And daily fantasy picks for the Tuesday slate. Ring the register. It's NHL Fantasy on Ice. Welcome aboard, Pete Jensen and Rob Reese talking fantasy hockey with you on this Tuesday morning. Rob, big news out of Philadelphia on Monday on two different fronts. Dave Haxtall fired. Scott Gordon comes up from Lehigh Valley to replace him as the interim coach. But maybe more notably from a fantasy standpoint, Carter Hart, the prized goalie prospect, goalie of the future, recalled by the Flyers. What are your initial thoughts? Ooh, that's high praise already, saying that he's the goalie of the future. But all things considered, he should be. And I know that you and I picked him up off the waiver wire. He was only 3% owned last time I checked yesterday. I envisioned that to be high 20s today minimum. Every single fantasy owner was running to pick this guy up. Mediocre performance in the minors, but playing very well over his past four or five games. So they're giving him the call. Uh, He could start as early as Tuesday against the Detroit Red Wings at home. So a lot of pressure for the young kid. But very rarely do you see in fantasy hockey, especially the season-long formats, a guy with low ownership like this, the button clicks, and all of a sudden everybody flocks to the waiver wire. So over the past day or so, we've gotten a lot of interesting questions from the lower-end goalies, should we drop them, to some middle-tier guys with great track records, like should we drop Jonathan Quick uh, for Carter Hart, or should we drop Roberto Luongo for Carter Hart? Just really interesting food for thought as we move forward toward the second half of the season. Well, call me a bit of a cynic, but picking up any Flyers goalie and expecting them to turn your season around in fantasy hockey is a long shot. Worst team save percentage in the NHL by far. A lot of room for improvement for the team as well on the power play, penalty kill, you name it. And to talk more about the Philadelphia Flyers and Carter Hart's fantasy value, we bring on Dan Rosen, senior writer for NHL.com. Dan, what's your take on Carter Hart's chances of returning fantasy value in the short term? Um, it's, a, it's a tall order. He's 20 years old. Uh, the job is to stop the puck, right? So go stop the puck. That's what everybody's going to say, go do. But it's a very mental position. You talk to any goaltender and they'll tell you it's, it's, it's far more mental than it is physical. He's got the physical tools. He knows what to do. But you've got to be able to handle it. And it's not the easiest situation when you're Carter Hart. You are coming in. He's essentially coming in as the savior. That's kind of how the Flyer fans view him. That he is considered the goaltender of the future. Now, internally, Chuck Fletcher, Scott Gordon, uh, you know, these guys understand the expectations are probably too high and they have to be realistic. But that's not that's got to be difficult on Carter Hart still to understand the situation. I will say, I was doing some numbers on him. You know, the numbers in Lehigh Valley were not great. But if you look at it, his four starts before this previous loan on Saturday when he allowed four goals on 29 starts against Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, he was 4-0 with five goals again. So he's got a good – he should have a good feel to his game coming in. And to be honest, he knows the situation. He knows that it's an interim coach, and he knows the coach. So that should also help him. But to get a return on fantasy value right away – think that might be a little bit of a stretch. I think it's a tall order, too. And just because I look at the Flyers' blue line this year, and if you watch their games, Provorov just looks a little bit off. Gossespierre looks yeah. a little bit off. They don't seem to have that chemistry. 
I know that when Haxtell was coaching, he tried to break that pair up, game in, game out. It seems like they're going to return now. Do you see this coaching change impacting one of those guys positively? Well, I think here's the thing. With, with Goss Despair in particular, it, to me, he runs on the power play. His confidence runs on the power play. And if he's getting production on the power play, and if they're producing on the power play, that feeds his even strength. Well, their power play has been brutal. And when they've had them, remember they had those, I think it was two games in a row where they had no power plays, or right? So they're, I, they're, they've got one power play goal in their last 11 games, one for 25, 0 for 9 in their past two. He needs to get something going on the power play. And if they're able to get it going on the power play, I think Gosses Bears numbers could start shooting up a little bit. He's got four assists in the last 15 games. That's it. He's a better point producer than this, but it starts on the power play for him. For Provorov, it's all about the complete game. It's not necessarily, I think, about the fantasy value you get. With Goss' spirits, the fantasy value that you can get from him, but that starts on the power play, and they need to start producing on the power play. Dan, sticking with the power play, that impacts so many of these forwards for the Philadelphia Flyers. You just think of the Giroux, Voracek era, the Simmons era for the Philadelphia Flyers. They've been in the top five Many times, top 10 in the league. They're now in the bottom five uh, to start this season. So what can they do to turn this thing around? And do you think that this coaching change could, could change the look of the Flyers' power play and impact any of these fantasy forwards, whether it's Wayne Simmons, James Van Riemsdyk, Sean Couturier? It, does any one guy jump out to you, or do you think it's more of a group effort that could benefit? The guy that jumps out at me is, is JVR. It's James Van Riemsdyk, seven points in 15 games this season, right? They got him to plant his butt in the front of the net on the power play, tip puck, score goals the way he did for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Get the puck to the front of that funnel puck there and have him there on one unit and have Simmons there on the other unit. And you get a lot of, you can get a lot of opportunities, second chance opportunities as well on deflections and the, and the like. That's what they need to do. I, I think JVR is a guy that could be due. He should be due. You know, with the way that things have gone, he, he might need a little bit more ice, right? He's only about 13, 14 minutes per game, but he's not a guy that needs high volume to produce. Plant your butt in the front of the net on the power play. Get the pucks there. Simplify the whole thing. And if they do that, they can do it on both units because they have the guy to put on each separate unit in Simmons and JVR that can do those things. And that's something that a lot of teams don't have guys who are really strong front net front guys on the power play, and they got two of them, and they can separate them, and I think they should do that. I agree. It's got to be JVR. And in the same ice time last year with the Maple Leafs, he had 30-plus goals, so he really can find those ways to score even in that lower ice time. But I think the team that I look to with the recent coaching changes in the NHL is the Edmonton Oilers, the one that stands out the most. They are one of the hottest fantasy teams right now, the goaltender position, the forward position. And even now with Clefbaum out, Darnell Nurse has emerged on the blue line. Do you think the Oilers trend is sustainable, Dan? Well, here it is. got five in a row at home coming up here. They're 6-0 and at home under Hitchcock, and they've allowed six goals in those games, right? I think it's sustainable. They, they're playing at home. They're playing well. Koskinen's been terrific. Uh, Alex Chason scoring every game now. You know, I mean, he's playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl, and he's scoring every game now. We can get to that a little bit later on how sustainable that might be. <laughs> um, 
But you know what? I mean, the way that Hitch has his teams play, yeah, Clefbaum out is a big loss. Russell out is a big loss. But the, his teams play team defense. And it's always come back, protect the goaltender, and, and, and worry about that first. And that's what they have been doing. That's why they're allowing two and a half goals per game under Hitch. And, and, and it was, I, I don't have the exact number, but I think, it was, I think they've dropped it you know, close to a goal per game, if not more. Um, since Hitch took over. So it's about team defense. I think it's sustainable. They've got some home games here. They've been very good at home under Hitchcock. They'll keep it going for a little bit longer. So Edmonton hosts to begin and that And they home. might get more penalties too, by the way, because Hitch, Hitch is calling for it right now. Oh, it's so true. They, so... they might get more power play opportunities. You know? <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> and a huge homestand for them starts off against the St. Louis Blues on Tuesday night. So Edmonton uh, has a great opportunity here, even with that depleted defense, uh, to continue its turnaround. Now looking at the Flyers and also some of the other teams that have made a coaching changes who have yet to turn it around and also another disappointing team in Florida. So out of those couple of teams, let's name them, Philly, LA Kings, St. Louis Blues, and Florida Panthers, do you see any one of these teams more likely uh, to change the ship in the different direction uh, the rest of the way, more likely than the others? I really don't know. Uh, I, may, I guess the wild card here is the Flyers, because if they can start taking off under Gordon, we haven't seen a change, them yet since the change. Maybe Carter Hart, they find lightning in a bottle. I mean, these are all you know, shots in the dark here, but... I don't see it from the Kings. I don't see it from the Blues. I think the Blues, in fact, have regressed since they've made their coaching change. And I want to say yes from the Florida Panthers because it was a nice win against Toronto the other day. But now they start a stretch of four in a row on the road and 12 of 16 on the road through January 15th. So nice win against Toronto. Your gift is 12 games on the road in the next 16 games and that's going to be very difficult for them they've only got five wins on the road this season so i think possibly philadelphia but it's still a stretch to even say that i thought florida honestly with their goaltending duo coming into the season of luongo and reimer from a fantasy value standpoint i was thinking you could grab these guys in late rounds and they were going to just rack up wins i projected 20 plus for both of them and now we saw it again with Luongo get hurt, which is unfortunate. What do you think, Dan, in terms of buy low value for some of these guys that you know were projected to be high scoring players or great goaltenders, but you know rest of the season outlook could potentially still be high? They just haven't hit their stride yet. Yeah, I wouldn't touch Luongo or Reimer uh, at this point. You know, Luongo can't stay healthy. Reimer, I haven't trusted even you know through his time in Toronto. I think he's a he's a good number two. I think when you put him in a lot of minutes. It, it, it creates an issue for you. He's not a, sol- a solid number one. He's a pretty good number two. Um, but if I'm looking to buy low, and, it, and it's funny we brought up these four teams, the Kings, the Blues, uh, the Flyers, and the Panthers, it, as much as I don't believe in St. Louis right now and they've regressed, my goodness, you have to look at Vladimir Tarasenko, right? That's if a great you point. Can, if, you can, if you can still get a, a – He's got to be low at this point. He's got nine goals this season. This is a guy who should be 45 goals every season. He's that good. But I think the number to look at is he's shooting 7.8%. His career was 13% coming into the season, or 13.1%. Numbers alone, history alone, Tarasenko is going to start scoring some goals. And I think that's, that's a guy you have to look at. No points in each of his past seven games for Tarasenko. Uh, he's bounced. Got to turn it around. 
Yeah, he, he hasn't had that stable lineup placement. He's been with O'Reilly for much of the season, also spent time with Shen last year. So looking for some stability there, but the Blues have dealt with a ton of injuries. On the flip side, Dan, sell high. Are there any guys that jump out to you around the league? That's always something that fantasy owners are looking to cash in on. Uh, a hot starter that maybe you can trade for an elite player who's slumping like Tarasenko. Well, I mean, Jason, right? I mean, the guy scores every game right now, but he's shooting about a billion percent at this point. So I think you 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 try to sell high on Jason, get as much as you possibly could at this point. He's playing with McDavid and Drysidel, but Hitch is known to shake things up the minute things go south on a line, the minute things go south on a team. And if if Chason's not going to be with those two players, he is not a goal-per-game guy at all. Uh, so he is certainly a guy, 15 goals this season, shooting 31%, 32%. I would try to get as much as I possibly can right now for Alex Chason. The other one I thought of was Gustav Nyquist. He's got 30 points um, this season. He's been really good. I wonder how long that's sustainable, how long Detroit, um, you know, sort of staying relevant is sustainable too. For me, I think Detroit is sustainable. I, I Larkin this season is playing lights out hockey. He's getting yeah. eight shots a game sometimes. I mean, from a fantasy angle, if you've got him in your DFS lineups, he's cashing out for you. And then I will agree with you, though. Alex Chason is not a 40-goal scorer like he's on pace for right now. And we saw it earlier on in the season. There's been a couple different wings. Drake Kajula played in that spot. So I don't think that's sustainable either. But when I look at the Oilers, I do think the rest of the season value is high. I just I agree with you, Dan. I, if I had Alex Chase on, I would be sending trade offer after trade offer. Yeah, I I, I think there are, I think their fantasy value is high too. But you've got a guy who's you know never done this before and he's doing it. Isn't that the whole idea of selling high in fantasy? Right. I mean, try to you know what? How could you think that this is going to continue on? There's no history to suggest that this is going to continue on. It's not like this guy's 22 years old, 23 years old. He's, he's a veteran guy. Yeah, he was on the Capitals last year in a bottom six role, chipped in for them. But when your career high, he just surpassed his career high. He's got 15 goals. His previous yeah. career high was 13. So uh, do the math. That's not uh, much of a history to speak of. But great story nonetheless uh, for Alex Chason. So now one of the biggest stories of the past week in fantasy, despite uh, questionable lineup placement all season. Andrei Svechnikov uh, has really turned it on lately. Uh, he's on the first power play. He's on the second line away from Aho and Teravainen. And he's kind of a guy that a lot of people were thinking about dropping at different points in the season, even being a rookie. So, Dan, whether it's a rookie or any other sleeper in the league that maybe you had high hopes for at the beginning of the season or uh, but just hasn't lived up to his potential, uh, is there anyone that you're targeting as we approach the second half of the season, which is January 4th, 5th? Um, is, are, are you looking at anybody as a second-half sleeper uh, across the league? Great call on Sveshnikov. There's no question about, about him. He's been, he's been lights out of late the last couple of games. Pavel Buchnevich from the Rangers is the guy that I'd be looking at right now. Uh, he's got a goal and assist in two games since coming back after missing 13 with a thumb injury. Prior to that, he had four points in three games. He was coming on. I asked David Quinn about him uh, before their game against Arizona when he, when he came back, and he said, oh, yeah, he was simplifying his game. He was playing a much better brand of hockey. He wasn't trying to outskill everybody he was just kind of letting his skill come at that point where it needed to come but he was playing a much better game especially on the wall and 
I look at Pavel Buchnevich as a guy that might, at this point, be ready to start taking off in his career. And that's, boy, the Rangers do need that. And he's been good in the two games since he came back. And he was good in the three games he played before the injury. And that was after getting scratched twice because he was not playing that game. I think he got the message, and I think something. To look, he's a guy to look at in the second half of the season for the Rangers, who are trying as all they can to stay relevant, but just can't seem to hold any type of lead. But they do get it, and they can score. And I think Puchnevich is a guy that they're relying on now to do a lot of that. All right, I know you're at the game today. I know you're covering the Rangers, so I just put Puchnevich in my FanDuel lineup for $4,700. <laughs> But when I look at the goaltender position in that game, I worry about Chad Johnson potentially getting the start for the Anaheim yeah. Ducks. He's only $7,000 in FanDuel, though. He's the lowest-priced goalie. Would I be crazy to roster him? Well, here's the thing. You know, I, I don't think it's crazy. I, I do think he'll get the start um, You know, after John Gibson had a pretty busy night uh, last night. He's played a lot, obviously. The Rangers, though, can score. Uh, they, they've struggled to hold the lead. They've had three to nothing leads, two to nothing leads. You know, they, they've been able to produce some offense. It's just they haven't been able to hold it, and that has nothing to do with the other teams goalie. So I would be a little bit leery of it with the Ducks playing on a back-to-back with a backup goaltender against a team that's fresh and a team that can score, and a team that's probably a little bit hungry after the way things have gone for them late, too. So I think I might be a little bit concerned with with Chad Johnson in that spot. And you mentioned Pavel Buchnevich. His recent chemistry on a line with Kevin Hayes and Chris Kreider has been off the charts. And Kevin Hayes is a player that Rob and I both were very low on this season, even entering a contract year. But he's proven both of us wrong. What are your thoughts on Kevin Hayes? He has four straight multi-point games. I mean, if you're saying that Buchnevich is a second-half sleeper, then Kevin Hayes has to be involved. He has to be involved. And Kevin Hayes has been the best forward on the Rangers all season. It, I don't even think it's even close. He has been their best forward, probably their best skater all season long. Well, ironically, maybe their second, their best defenseman has been Mark Stahl, and he's not a fantasy guy, but he's the only one that hasn't been scratched. Uh, but he's only got, what, five, six, seven points, so that's not something to look at. But Hayes has been their best forward. Uh, I think Haven Hayes, I, I've, I've answered this question in, mail, in the mailbag that I do uh, before. I've talked about it in other places. The Rangers would be wise to find Kevin Hayes. I think he's a perfect fit for where they are right now. Gives them a little bit more time with guys like Leah Sanderson and even Brett Howden. He's 26, going to be 27 on, you know, in May. Um, you can sign him to a five-year deal, and you can get the best five years out of Kevin Hayes. He's a guy who has gotten better in each of the past two seasons. He had 49 points in 16-17. He was better last year, even though didn't have the, he was five points less. He was still eight goals more last year, and he's at his best that I've ever seen him this season. And and he's playing a two-way game. His offense has not slacked off at all. He's getting some power play production. He's he's been uh, lights out. I would keep Kevin Hayes uh, for the Rangers, and I would keep him in my roster if I had a fantasy, you know, in fantasy. Okay, so let's make a roster, Dan. I've got Larkin in my (laughs) lineup tonight. I've got Buchnevich now that we spoke to you. I'm still not sure if I'm going to go with Chad Johnson or not. I do like the Ducks offense, though. I think they're very underrated, especially after the addition of Daniel Sprong. So maybe I'll look for Johnson in my lineup. But who are some guys you're keeping an eye on tonight in DFS? Oh, let's see here. Well, I, I think, you know, anybody on the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, that can <laughs> score. So uh, Matthew, 
Uh, I mean, look, the Devils give up a lot of goals, right? And and that's where they're going right now. They're playing in New Jersey tonight, so I would look there. I think Giroux is a guy that I would look at too. You know, a guy who's a leader who wants to lead his team uh, through this coaching change, um, and and I think Giroux is a guy that I would look at to put in my lineup tonight. Um, Koskinen in net. You know, they're, the the blood. We were just talking about Tarasenko, obviously, and how he's a guy that, you know where he's due, but but they're playing at home. They've been terrific at home, the Oilers, so I would look at Koskinen in net. And, and on D, I, I was struggling. I knew you guys were going to go here. I was, I was a little bit – I'm not so sure where, where I would look on D right now. I, I was trying to figure it out and look around and see see what's out there for, for defense right now. And the, the one I could come up with was Giordano because he's just been so good. But, you know, I mean, this is an expensive lineup. <laughs> that is my favorite player in the league this season, Mark Giordano. I love him. I think he's a Norris favorite right now, Dan. I think you're right. I think he's been he's certainly in the top two or three. There's no question about it. He has been terrific. Uh you wish he didn't get suspended for what he did, but he did it and he apologized to Koivu and whatnot. But uh they have been a team they have been one of the most exciting teams in the league, especially with the way they play in the third period. And I think, you know, look, I mean, you've got Kudrow, Kachuk, Monaghan, Lindholm. You've got those guys. But Giordano's got 35 points. Uh, he's fifth on the team with 35 points, which is insane. Um, but he has been terrific in you know, playing 24, 25 minutes a night. As good as those other four guys that I just mentioned, Kudrow, Kachuk, Monaghan, Lindholm, I think Giordano's been their MVP this season. Giordano's definitely a great guy to spend up for, and we'll fill in those value picks, by the way, over the rest of the show. But uh, one value defenseman that jumps out to me, before we let you go, Dan, we have to talk about Rasmus Dahlin. He has five points in his past two games, and he's only 4,600 in FanDuel against the Florida Panthers at home. So to me, that's an amazing pick for the rookie. Just your thoughts on Rasmus Dahlin, what he's done. He has a great plus-minus. He's on pace for about 45 points as an 18-year-old rookie defenseman. He looks uh, like he's a veteran. He looks so good. Uh, it's really impressive. It was funny to me. Somebody, you know, asked me, you know, did, uh, you know, earlier in the year, it was about 20, 25 game mark, you know, um, for Darlene. And it was just like, you know, uh, what do you expect from him? Are we finally, are we finally seeing Darlene uh, come out and, and sort of have his coming out party? Finally. The guy played like 20 games and he's 18 years old. And we're talking about, are we finally seeing it? Some guys his age and this the way it takes two or three years, if not longer, right? Even even when you're drafted this high, to to have an impact the way he's having. He is so smooth, uh, slick. He's just always in the right position. It's is a high praise, but he reminds me of the way he plays a lot of the way Nicholas Lidstrom plays. I see that too, and his skating is butter smooth. I love when he's oh, just taking so the puck. He yeah. takes it out of the zone effortlessly. His head is always on a swivel. I think he's got high, high, high upside for the second half of the season. But, Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. And everybody, make sure to check out Dan's recap of the Rangers game tonight because he could potentially be writing about a Chad Johnson shutout for the NFL. There Anaheim you go. For your, point, for your sake, I hope I am. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Thanks so much, Dan. All right. Thanks, guys. Dan Rosen at D Rosen NHL. What a beauty to have him on and talk fantasy. He was talking shop like he's making five lineups tonight, Pete. 
in Dan's analysis of the Philadelphia Flyers. And looking at the slate for Tuesday night, JVR is only $4,900. You could easily slot him in if he gets better looks at even strength and or on the first power play unit, which has plenty of room for improvement, Rob. I think JVR could easily be slotted into your lineup. I do too. $4,900 is class value. Anything under 5 k for a 30-goal wing is good. But I'm going to cherry pick the Red Wings in this game. I love Dylan Larkin. He's my center tonight. He's just a guy that, and we were talking about this at the office yesterday, Pete. He just, he has everything you need in DFS. He's shooting the puck. He had a game with eight shots on goal last week. So even if he doesn't get a goal, if he never doesn't get an assist, he's going to have production in DFS. And for $6,700, he can break an absolute game-changing slate. As much as we try to spin things into a positive direction for the Flyers, the Red Wings, could ver- the way they've been playing this season, could very well blow the doors off the Wells Fargo Center. And one guy who could be involved if there's some against-the-grain appeal to the Detroit Red Wings is Dennis Chalowski, the rookie. He's produced on the power play. He's seeing an expanded role at even strength with Mike Green out three to five weeks. And... Dennis Chalowski as a value defenseman can't beat it. $3,700 for a guy who's going to be on the first power play unit and also play 22-plus minutes probably at least in this game against the Flyers. The only thing I'm concerned about this game from DFS is that I think a lot of DFS players will flock to this game. They're going to have this one circled saying Flyers are going to get an immediate boost. Detroit could explode in this game and bury the Flyers. So I'm going to turn my attention. I'm just taking Larkin there, turning my focus so to a team that won Four to one against the Colorado Avalanche on Monday. The New York Islanders are on the second of a back-to-back, and they're playing a total fantasy dud right now. The Arizona Coyotes, and they were the stopper. They stopped Miko Rantanen's 14-game point streak. They brought in some defensive technicalities. It was great to see them walk into Colorado and uh, shut the door on that team. A high-powered offense, and you have to give Barry Trotz so much credit uh, for the defensive. Uh, mechanism that he has instilled into this team and the Islanders are on that interesting West Coast road trip right now they're playing uh, the Arizona Coyotes now then the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars and one uh, glimmer of hope for their power play I mean this power play prior to the Colorado game was two for 34 in their prior 13 games they go two for four Jordan Eberle gets in on the action with a power play goal he's been quiet this year Ebbs has been pretty quiet. He was one of our guys that we had as a sleeper. Maybe he would erupt, and he still could in the second half. I think the Islanders in general with Barry Trotz are just a little bit more of a tight-knit group this year. But I'm turning my focus to another center. I like Matt Barzell in this game. Barzell is a player that we've seen turn his game into a 200-foot game. He's flying. He just needs a little bit more goal-scoring consistency, and I think he's got a great chance to do that against the Coyotes. And he's buying in, and it's affecting Anthony Beauvillier on both ends of the ice. Beauvillier had three straight games with a goal entering Monday night. So Beauvillier, Barzell, very stackable in DFS, and Barzell finally looking like that player that he was last year, but even uh, with more defensive awareness. So that's great to see under Trotz as well. And Robin Leonard confirmed for the Islanders. Thomas Grice has been playing out of this world lately, uh, but Leonard is going to get the start against the Coyotes, $7,400. So cheap streaming option. Definitely a cheap streaming option. And I was really kind of frowning on that pick until I heard his price. That's not a bad play it off especially against the Coyotes offense right now which is dwindling but you know when when you have all these high-end centers on the board especially when the Toronto Maple Leafs play it's hard not to get Austin Matthews into your lineup at this point but for me I'm comfortable with having Barzell at 5,800 and Larkin at 6,700 I like the wings in this slate tonight 
for the Toronto Maple Leafs, we did the top 100 forward rankings yesterday. It's only been three, four games of their slump, but they were moving down across the board. I mean, it's still Matthews with Kapanen and Janssen. William Nylander has been quiet. They have one win in five games. I mean, this is a chance here for the Maple Leafs at the Devils to right their wrongs and have big offensive outputs across the board, including guys like Nazem Kadri. All these depth scorers who are kind of struggling right now could see big nights across the board. Well, you mentioned Kadri, and it's cool because that third line now with Nylander and Marlowe on it, I don't care about lines anymore. I've, at this point in the season, I don't care who's playing with who. I look at the minutes. That third line, quote-unquote, is playing 15, 16 minutes a game. So that is as good, if if not better, value than the second line right now because their prices are so much lower. So that's something I would look at against the Devils who are a little bit hot and cold, and Taylor Hall might not play. So that's a line that I would target in this one. Yeah, Taylor Hall missed both games over the weekend. We hope he's back soon. For now, Marcus Johansson is on the left side of Nico Heischer and Kyle Palmieri. But big, daunting task here for a struggling team facing a loaded Maple Leafs offense with plenty of bounce back appeal. So get on the Maple Leafs bandwagon uh, during the downtimes and reap the benefits potentially here. Uh, we, we touched on this game a little bit. Ducks on the second of a back to back at the New York Rangers. We talked about the Kreider, Hayes, Buchnevich line with Dan. Uh, but the Ducks here have won four straight and nine of their past 10. And guys like Kasha and Daniel Sprong, they're involved on a nightly basis playing in the top six. This is a really steady group and tap into this Ducks offense any way you can. Any way that you can, including look at Adam Henrique, the center. He, he's great DFS value. Now, the only thing that you don't get with Henrique, it's a little bit of a risk-reward play. He's not a big shooter, but he's always racking up assists. So if his price is right for you, I like that matchup against the Rangers. I'm leaning Ducks in this one. I think that they just have that added depth that the Rangers can't match. They can roll three lines that can score. And Ryan Getzlaff's going to he's worth spending up for in this game. We touch about the... Ducks depth scorers and everything else, but Ryan Getzlaff has been a beast during this recent stretch. He's going to be the best player on the ice all game long against the New York Rangers. So spend up for him if you can, if you avoid those value plays and want to go with someone extremely safe to spend up for at the center position. Chad Johnson, only $7,000 in this one, like I was joking about Dan with earlier. Really good value. I actually built a lineup with him. I had wings like Tarasenko. I had Larkin in my lineup. I had Timo Meyer in my lineup. I had Mark Giordano, Jake Gardner for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So if you do feel like Chad Johnson could steal this game, you are going to have riches left to spend. And I mentioned the Darlene pick as we move forward to the Panthers at the Sabres. Darlene, you could easily slot him in. He's red hot. He's producing on the power play and continue to have ample money to spend elsewhere on the slate. So for this Panthers-Sabres game, Henrik Borgstrom was a big story from over the weekend. Didn't produce in his first game with the Panthers, but recalled and playing second-line center with Evgeny Dadanov on his line. Uh, I mean, he's got to be a great value play to target. I like it a lot. And Henrik Borgstrom, I wrote about him in terms of rookies this season. Who could make an immediate fantasy impact? I think he still can. Now, for me, in this game, I just want to watch it. I want to enjoy the game. I want to see more out of Florida before I invest actual DFS money into that team. And Sam Reinhardt, I think everybody needs to take notice of now a 10-game point streak. He's a rock-solid option on the right wing of that line with Jack Eichel, who's a lineup lock every night, and Jeff Skinner, who continues to score almost every single game. So Sam Reinhart provides a little bit more affordable exposure to that top line. So if you want to spend up elsewhere, uh, get Sam Reinhart into your lineup 
absolute great chance of extending his point streak to 11 against the leaky Florida Panthers. I'm spending up for Timo Meyer tonight, wing for the San Jose Sharks. He's $6,300 at the Minnesota Wild, and this is one of the first times all season I've seen his price over the 6K mark. He's been up, 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 and up. But now that he's over the 6K mark, people are going to have to ask themselves, do I really like Timo Meyer that much? I do. I do too. I had him in my lineup too. So we're, that's a full endorsement. Timo Meyer still in the $6,000 range. Uh, great even strength production. He's not relying on the power play, not relying on any line mates and brings that shot volume for a high floor. Easily one of the biggest surprises of the fantasy season. Sticking with that Sharks wild game though, Matt Dumba injured. He's probably not going to play again for the next week uh, into that Christmas holiday break. Uh, Matt Dumba out. Jared Spurgeon, whether you're in a season-long league or a DFS lineup, provides nice value. Probably going to get more power play minutes here. Spurgeon's been killing it. I mean, I've got him moving up in the top 50 defensemen overall rankings. I know last game he kind of took a pass on that, even though he played close to 30 minutes. That's where I worry about him. When he's relied on to play those big minutes, I think he's so relied on to shut down the opposing team's offense that he has less time to create those chances, less time to be a little creative out there. He's just so busy in his own end. So Jared Spurgeon for $4,600, though, that is a spot I'd look at him if I needed that last D-man on my list. But against the San Jose Sharks team, I think he's going to be in his own zone a lot. While we're on the topic of injuries, also Corey Crawford, you hate to see this. Another concussion. He left with the concussion protocol. Not good for a guy who missed the first five games of this year and the past 47 games of last season because of a head injury. So we hope that he's okay, that he can be back in the lineup in the near future. But in terms of outside replacement, because there's not much in-house besides Cam Ward, uh, who's not a viable option, outside replacement options for Corey Crawford. I like David Riddick if he's available. Any one of those Flames goalies between him or Mike Smith. Mike Smith was dropped a lot. I like David Riddick right now. I like him to emerge as the number one starter. I've been bullish about that. I'm going to stay on that same train. There's also Jacob Markstrom for the healthy Vancouver Canucks has won uh, more times than lost, certainly since Besser has come back. Besser has been out of this world over his past few games. Uh, so Pedersen's back, Edler's back, all these guys are back, and Markstrom is reaping the benefits right now. There's also Carter Hart, who we mentioned earlier. Uh, Peter Morazic had a shutout the other day, and then Aaron Dell is another outside replacement. I know he's a clear backup, but he's pushing Martin Jones for some playing time right now. He's won back-to-back -back games, so something to keep an eye on moving forward for the Sharks. One last game I want to talk to the listeners about slate breaking potential jets at kings nikolai ehlers three points versus the lightning on sunday would you roster him i would he's back on the top line with blake wheeler and mark shifley so absolute no-brainer he's kind of back into that form that we saw earlier in last season remember he was slumping in the playoffs slow start to the season he's found his rhythm again so Nikolai Ehlers great middle tier player to roster how about that Matthew Pro pick I had on Saturday he's on fire right now he's got eight games in his past nine with points that's crazy 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 production for a third line player and he's only playing on that second power he's not in the top six he's just on that second power play and that's all it takes for a Winnipeg Jets player uh, to sniff fantasy relevance and Matthew Pro is one of those guys every single year he'll have a nice 15 20 game stretch where he's close to a point per game so Perot, great streaming option even for just the short term this is that stretch right now so get in on it while you can and even in season long too i would have this guy in my streaming lineup power play points in four of his past five games so he's uh knocking him in with the man advantage that's a great trend to monitor so picks for tuesday night 
We mentioned Adam Henrique. I think whether you get Andre Kasha into your lineup, Daniel Sprong into your lineup, or Adam Henrique, get one of those three into your lineup. Great price points there for the Ducks forwards. My wing of the night, Brock Besser. Just spend up for him. You could easily get Besser and Pedersen into your lineup, even against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think you got to ride that trend. Really good upside for the Canucks in that game. For the Edmonton Oilers, I'm looking at their goaltender. It might be Miko Koskinen, 8,600. I'm comfortable spending up for him against the St. Louis Blues, but I noticed Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot's been playing better of late. He's $1,000 cheaper than Koskinen. So monitor that trend. If you can get Talbot in there, I trust Cam Talbot at home against the Blues a lot more than I trust Aiden Hill or Robin Leonard or Alexander Georgiev for the Rangers. So uh, I think he's a great value goalie if he's in there. And then... My defenseman of the night, Rasmus Dahlin, absolute no-brainer, 4,600, just lighting it up of late. And like we mentioned, on pace for 45 points as an 18-year-old. That's just such a fun trend and something that you want to get in on against the Florida Panthers who have a weak defense. I think Dan Rosen was a little bit Notre Dame when he said Tarasenko's due for a big game. It could be tonight. I still trust those Edmonton goalies, though, to get the W, but I'm really looking for Tarasenko to have a bounce-back spot in this one. My lineup, I've got Dylan Larkin at center for 6.7K against the Flyers. Timo Meyer for my wing at 6.3K against the Minnesota Wilds. Jake Garner, Toronto Maple Leafs, 4.8K at the New Jersey Devils. That's going to be a feast. And then my goalie, I'm building a lineup with Chad Johnson for $7,000. Now, hey, you might want to have multiple lineups. If you do that, you might want to have multiple entries there. But it's a strategy to me where I want to maximize one lineup and try and get that top 10 money position. Five-digit dollars. I want it tonight. And Chad Johnson looked good earlier in the season. He was beating out Jake Allen for starts. Uh, He fell off a cliff for a while, was placed on waivers, claimed by the Ducks with Ryan Miller, the veteran, injured right now. So good opportunity for him to just provide efficient goaltending as a clear backup and spot starter, whether you play DFS or season-long formats in a deep league. Hopefully the Ducks can keep that game close tonight. I know that if they do, you're going to hit big-time money in DFS. So, hey, even in season-long leagues, if Chad Johnson earns a win tonight, Ryan Miller is out, John Gibson's got injury history, you never know. You can follow us on Twitter at NHL Reese, at NHL Jensen for Pete, at NHL Fantasy for both of us. Send us your questions. We're always available to answer them. Thanks again to Dan Rosen for joining us here on the show. Subscribe, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Audio Boom. Give us a review. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the Tuesday slate, and we'll talk to you again later in the week. Thanks so much for listening to NHL Fantasy on Ice.